just say rad. Guys, I'm. No. <laughs> how do I reintro this? Oh, okay, yes. so we have been doing a podcast and I forgot to hit the record <laughs> button, so we are going to start all over again. It's I am okay. here with Lainey. Hi. We are here talking about TIFF movies. Shit, I can't believe I forgot to hit the record button. It's okay. It's, it's okay. because we have a TIFF hangover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we're talking about TIFF movies. We're talking about these movies that are going to open in the fall. And we have been discussing Hustlers, mm-hmm. which Lainey absolutely loved. I don't know if you want to yes, go back and I did love. We, I, what I love, too, is that we saw Hustlers together mm-hmm. at a press screening ahead of the festival. And you, I'm, I had, I'm apologizing to you because I was one of those idiots in the the, the screening, whooping and hollering and hooting. She absolutely was. <laughs> Who are you with? There was no. It was a crew I of was you. With Collie. Yeah, because yeah. you guys were louder because there was a, there was like a lot of you doing that. It was. I was with Danielle Graham, who yeah. I work with right. on Talk, and I was with Kathleen Newman Bermang, who is. Um, a culture critic for Refinery29. Right, right, right. And we, all of us, were obsessed with the film and we... The sound were, cues, yes. you guys were like... Every yes. Single, like, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. And I feel like we made the movie better for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, the movie was a party vibe. It was absolutely... Like, I mean, yeah. like, you guys definitely added the, the the audience aspect of making it feel like a party because the movie itself delivers a bit of a party with mm-hmm. the music. It's set in a strip club and it's definitely energetic from beginning to end. Yes. Um, and then, of course, you have J-Lo. Yes. Yeah. You... But I... I I mean I feel like we can get to J Lo later. Mm. Um, I obviously am a big believer in this movie. Mm. Um, you have some issues with it, right? You don't hate it. No, no, I enjoyed it. I yeah. absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I think I think there's shortcomings. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get into my shortcomings first? Then or yes. like okay, so I mean right off the top, one thing I loved about this movie is that there's like there's these visuals that are beautiful that hint at what this relationship that what the core relationship is in this movie uh and the main one the one that keeps sticking with me is when uh constance Wu's character's destiny first meets uh, or first really gets to know j-lo's character mm-hmm. where her name was ramona right mm-hmm. they're on a rooftop uh they're out for a smoke they're wearing g-strings it's cold uh j-lo's ramona invites her uh invites the come constance Wu's destiny come into her first she's wearing yeah. a massive Furged coat brings yeah. her in. It's literally bringing her in under her wing, but also it just looks great. It looks sexy, mm-hmm. but not titillating. And that's what that. I love about Loren's aesthetic in this yeah. movie. And I did not feel like I got the movie that came out of that scenario. Like I don't feel like the rest of the movie lived up to that moment. And part of it is because I we could not get into these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, to the I, or I felt we didn't dig deep enough into this relationship, the dynamic that came out of that. Uh, there's a real justification behind that. Loren made this movie based on. I mean, this is a movie about strippers who drugged uh, their clients. Mm-hmm. It's a whole hustle. Yeah. Um, they like maxed out their credit cards. Sure. It's about a hustle. It's about a criminal uh, setup. This movie I thought was a lot. It was got all the uh, covered all the bases in terms of the mechanics of the mm-hmm. crime, but it couldn't get into the characters probably because it's based on the facts that were put on record by these women, what these women were willing to say. Yeah. They weren't willing to say very much because they were under investigation. Yeah. So you couldn't get into the real nitty-gritty of the relationship because the material, the, the information wasn't there mm-hmm. and I don't think she wanted to imagine it. I, don't, I, th- I feel like the director didn't want to make those assumptions about yeah. these characters and their relationships, so she just didn't go as deep as I wanted right. them to. Yeah. See, I didn't... Listen, I mean, I think we're going to get to it. I don't want, I don't, I'm not going to challenge you because in that sense, because I think that, and we do this, we all watch films from our own perspective and mm. lenses. And so, um, as you know, 
I came out of that movie and I ran up to you basically mm-hmm. and I was like, that is my fucking Goodfellas. Right. Yeah. You, and we'll talk about why. I was taken aback when you said that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Now, but I'm a woman and you're a man. Yes. And so the things that I respond to in a film are not going to be just, we're different people yeah. and we're different like genders, sexes. And so of course things I respond to are not going to be the things that you respond to. So I respect that, that you weren't feeling the connection there. Yeah. But for me, I do think that they gave us enough of a backstory about Dorothy and, or destiny who Constance Wu plays to be able to like pull us into the world. Right. All we needed is, you know, if I'm going with the Goodfellas um, analogy, she's our Henry Hill. Yeah. yeah, Right. Hi, here's where I grew up. I grew up here and these guys were my heroes and they have coddled me and took me in since I was a little kid Mm. and that's how I got into the life. Right, right, right. And hi, I'm Dorothy Destiny and here's my reality and this woman, these women brought me in, they welcomed me and taught me about the life. Right. There's your parallel and equivalent. Right, right, right. So I I get it. I think that um, in terms of relationship development, here's what I'll say. And I'm not going to force this opinion on you, but here's what I will, what I will say that is the difference between many women, not all women, many women, including me, watching the film about connecting their relationship and perhaps men. They didn't have to bond through words mm-hmm. or conversations. When you work, essentially these are sex workers. Right. When you work in that industry, let's call it, and it's an industry that is so complicated and blurry around consent. Mm-hmm. And part of your job is to be close enough and trust someone enough that you're in a room with a client, right. quote, and be rubbing up against each other, touching your bodies and feeling each other's bodies for money in a shared enterprise that is a kind of bonding mm. that doesn't require a conversation to establish. Right. So a lot of the connection between those two characters was already established for me in those scenes where we see them at work. Interesting. Okay. On the job. You can't do that and be convincing to the point where the John, I guess, is that I, do we, is that I a politically it. correct term? I don't know. Term? When it comes to strip club clients, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. In ter- it, when your client yeah. is enjoying it enough and you, you can't do that without completely trusting your person. Right. So, but I only know that because I'm a woman. Right. And it's a woman to woman connection. And the shorthand works for you in the sense that it's yes. already implied there. Yeah. Correct. So maybe I need that extra as, I mean, and maybe I don't yeah. need to be the one that is, you know, yeah. this is, I mean, I think it's better than just, call, I don't want to reduce it by calling it a ladies night out movie or a movie for the ladies because I think it, it definitely worked for me. Yeah. I was entertained by it yeah. and I was informed by it and whatnot. I think I, I probably was taken aback just by the Goodfellas comparison because yeah. for me it's, the, I mean, Goodfellas, I mean, yes, definitely the plot and the form of it is yeah. Goodfellas. It's yes. a, I mean, and there's so many movies that take that form yes. that Goodfellas has created. But to me, Goodfellas is like the original, it's like heroin and then everything else has been stomped on. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it's, you know, like it's not pure. Um, and this, it's because Goodfellas to me is more than just that type of story. It's the filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It's the, and it's the way it's Martin Scorsese. You're talking yeah. about God level filmmaker right. that I just don't think it's fair to compare Lauren Scarafia to Scorsese. Yeah. Like, and what one thing, one major thing that Goodfellas was willing to do 
was to allow us to hate the characters mm-hmm. of its film. And yeah. I don't think Loren... Like, I mean, like, you know, in Goodfellas, these characters are despicable. By the end of it, I don't think anyone would find anything admirable about any one of them. They're all conniving. None of them... Like, even the loyalty that made us love mm-hmm. Henry Hill at the beginning didn't stick at the end of the movie. So there was nothing to like these characters by unless you just love murderous, like, conniving yeah. people. Whereas I don't think they're willing to go there with hustlers because... And I, and, and I kind of understand it. Yeah. You don't want to demonize sex workers any further than they yeah. already are by society but again i don't think that the movie wanted to be as critical as something like goodfellas is willing to be see i that is i respect the fact that you by the end of goodfellas felt that these people were horrible Mm -hmm. i would dispute that that by and large is the main takeaway Mm -hmm. because our society has set it up that mm -hmm. gangsters are cool right the life is cool right and I think that this is a common theme. My tweet, for example, was that um, Hustlers is as good as Goodfellas mm. and better than Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Here is, to me, the common ground between Goodfellas and Wolf of Wall Street is I think that Henry Hill's final scene where he's fucking bored in the Witness Protection, in the witness protection Program yeah. and he's like, I miss the life. And at the end of Wolf of Wall Street, I believe it's on the subway, and um, there's supposedly like a toss-off cursory uh, sentiment about how these people swindled so much money from Mm -hmm. people. I think that that's lazy in the sense of, you already know, Martin, that you spent two hours glorifying the life of these criminals who murdered, buried, decapitated, whatever, right? (laughs) Like... Uh, you rad you're a rad guy you're a moral person you're gonna look at this film and be like i am going to exercise my ethics and stop myself from being glamorized by this story right, but right. you know you and i both know right that there's, that there's people good fellas is seen as this is the life man look at them when they take their yeah. ladies i think wives are friday saturday nights and girlfriends are friday nights and they go to the club and they they remember that scene yeah, where yeah, they yeah. have their own table. The place is full, but someone puts a table right. together for them. Like that is a life, a life to be like admired a little bit. You kind of want in on that action and the same with Wolf of Wall Street. And so to me, your thing about um, hustlers is, yeah, a little bit is like, look how hot they are. Right. Like, <laughs> the shopping looks fun. Yeah. You know, the Christmas party looks fun. They're giving each other furs and bags and whatever. Like, to me, that's just the equivalent. Mm. It's just that for, not you, but um, a traditional view of masculinity, right. they view the life of the mafia, La Cosa Nostra, yeah. that for us is most women a little bit want to be a stripper. Right, right. right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that way they have pole dancing lessons for moms, right? Right. It's so. why we want to wear certain clothes. Yeah, it's yeah, why yeah. we love like an eyelash and a heel. Like, yeah, yeah. do does that mean, listen, some people who are listening to this are going to be like, fuck you, Lainey, no. But I'm saying that there is a, we do want to have a stripper's confidence. Right, right, right. You know, a sexiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the underbelly of danger. Yeah. And in Goodfellas, there's the underbelly and the reality of, oh shit, what happens when now? And then we got to whack everybody. Right, right, right. 
I, uh, I love that. I didn't consider that at all. Um, but <laughs> cheers to that. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I, just, I do want to point out that I feel like everything you're saying applies to Scarface, which is why I don't love Scarface, because mm. people idolize Scarface in mm-hmm. a certain way, and I think Scarface is built as one of those like like gangster yeah. movies that you're meant to idolize more yeah. than... I mean, I think Brian De Palma is a little more critical than yeah. the way the... But it, I mean, yeah. like I feel like that serves it more than, say, Goodfellas. But while we're talking about people and the way they you view things. I'm going to skip a couple movies yeah. and talk about Joker. Okay. Because like we're, we're talking about, we're, you haven't seen Joker. Um, I haven't seen it. So I'll just let this out. I am okay. definitely on the side of people who are concerned about are. how Joker will okay. be received. Because there's a split. There is this absolutely okay, a split. So you are more on the side of the people who are alarmed. Uh, yes, absolutely alarmed. Okay, so I mean the thing, here's the, okay, so we know Joker, it is uh, supposed to be a sort of a real world origin story yeah. take on uh, the Joker character. Yeah. It is a movie that is definitely, speaking of Scorsese, mm-hmm. shaped after the taxi driver. It, the movie is mm-hmm. essentially taxi driver. If you remember taxi driver, mm-hmm. Travis Bickle uh, just is affected by PTSD, yeah. the scum of the earth. You're talking to me. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And goes nuts, uh, shoots up a few people. Yeah. The Joker is very much a movie that now, in a way, it kind of uh, has like kind of a shopping list of the problems of our world today. Uh, that are affecting this character named Arthur Fleck, played by Joaquin Phoenix, who's absolutely brilliant. The Joaquin Phoenix performance is fucking amazing. Um, like the, the little cackle that he has, where he apparently uh, his Joker laugh is almost like a like a, a, a medical like a, a condition where mm-hmm. he, like when he's nervous and scared, he just mm-hmm. laughs. Um, it's br- a brilliant performance. Let's put but a this, pin in that for right. a second. I want to come back to Joaquin in a minute. Like, okay, but let's go through. Yeah, yeah. So, but now he, this is a performance where he this is a character who has mental issues. Uh huh. Uh, there's some, the, the, you might've heard the mention of like, uh, the incel yeah, attitudes yeah, yeah. to him. So basically he has, a, there's a certain, uh, entitlement in a way, like psychologically you, you get this sense. Mm-hmm. I don't want to reveal too much. I'm yeah. being really careful here, but, uh, you, you get that attitude. This is yeah. definitely a movie that touches on incel attitudes, uh, the mental health issues, gun control mm-hmm. about how someone like this can access guns. Mm-hmm. And it is shaping that all into, this is the creation of the Joker, right? Um, in a way, let's say this wasn't about the Joker. Yeah. Let's say this was about um, just any other character. He wanted to, let's say Todd Phillips wanted to make a, a movie like Taxi Driver about all the ills of society and how it makes someone go crazy. Uh, I think that would be a, a valid argument to make. I don't think it would be very complex mm-hmm. if, if it was the, the way he made it here. Right. I think he just lists off a lot of right. ills. He doesn't delve into them very much. It, it's not very complicated. It's, sure. just, it's just there. When you make it the Joker character, yep. however, mm-hmm. you are now uh, now applying a certain folklore to it. You are now you do realize now this character is someone that a lot of people find appealing. He's the ultimate antihero. He's the ultimate antihero. He's yeah. someone that people admire. He's someone that a guy dressed up as before, you know, shooting up an audience in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you are making a movie that is supposedly being critical or concerned and analyzing mm-hmm. these people who do mm-hmm. these awful things, yeah. but in a way you're giving it to them with a character that they idolize. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of it, it's almost like you're giving them an apology. Like you're giving them some justification for their anger. Yeah. You're giving them a hero yeah. that they can identify with yeah. that feels all the frustrations they have with women and with society and mm-hmm. stuff. And, oh, but look at how awesome he is at the yeah. end of it. Um, and I don't know that Todd Haynes, but Todd Phillips, sorry, means to make it look all so like, or it means for them to say, look at how awesome he is. Right. But that's how this movie ends up being. Well, listen, I certainly don't think that that's their intention. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't think that their intention is to be 
the poster film for incel right. or this like this kind of marginalized suffering poor white guy. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to of course none of us want to say that, but also there is there a responsibility towards like they put their art out there mm-hmm. and how those people receive it? That's a concern. Yeah. It's a concern for someone like you yeah. who is a person of color and it's a, certainly a concern for me who's a woman and a person of color. Like, right, right, right. For sure. I will say, I want to go back to the comparisons of ta- to Taxi Driver. Right. Because, you know, and I don't, I, I don't remember, it's been a few years since I've seen it. Mm. But... Jodie Foster yes. in Taxi Driver yeah. represented a an innocence, mm-hmm. a heart, right? Like despite being a sex worker, at a correct, very like age, a, yeah. a, a, a soul, someone, yeah. right? And that, in many ways, grounded the film. Mm-hmm. Well, it gave a, yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah, this movie doesn't have that. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> this movie so that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. For all the you know, I haven't seen it, yeah. but I have seen Taxi Driver, of right, course, right, yeah. I'm no, not an expert. In this movie, the yeah. Jodie Foster soul mm-hmm. is in Arthur Fleck. And that is, right? Like That's you, kind of the issue. So is there a woman? So there's no woman or character who... Needs to be saved? Not necessarily needs to... In, in the needing to be saved also represents a, hey, but not everybody has to turn out this way. Right, right. Look at me. Like, I, because of the circumstances of my sex, mm. am bought and sold every night, and yet I can still bring happiness to somebody. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, this movie is, I mean, all your sympathies, but be, let, let, let's put it this way. The Joker is a character who, in a way, where we are comparing him to incels and stuff, yeah. and people who lash out, but at the same time, everyone he kills in this movie... There's a kind of justification for it. Okay. They're sleazy rich people. They're okay. like, you know, there's so in a way, this movie isn't even that uh isn't even willing to be really critical of him. Yeah. Because it gives him a justifiable out for all of his killings. Uh-huh. So, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. and and there's no other character for us to sympathize with because it's all mm. him. Everyone around yeah. him, including a black mother who uh, who lectures him on a subway for trying to play with her son. Yeah, uh, and by the way, almost every woman in this movie is black, I heard, and I think there's something odd about that. I heard about the fact that, like, well, I, I didn't. I mean, I'm gonna have to see it to make a like a. Uh, but in the trailer, for some reason, everybody mm. there's a woman on the bus who tells them off, and that they're all black. The psychiatrists, all the women are black, and except in men, including a possible does love. Does that interest. come together in a way? No, okay. I didn't understand it. It was just okay. a coincidence. Like everyone except for like Arthur Fleck's mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I yeah. guess the word I was looking for was conscience. Like, like in terms uh, of, oh, is there so like, you know how Jody really to me anyway was the film is the is is Taxi Driver's conscience right okay yeah. would you agree with that I think so in terms of if you are uh, if you are looking for a moral high ground mm-hmm. conscience then yes right. absolutely who we should aspire to exactly or like I mean someone who someone who should be us because we don't mm-hmm. want to be the guy that's like lashing out violently right. absolutely yeah is there. You're telling me there's no equivalent of that in Joker? No. Okay, no, so... No. I mean, it is there in Arthur Fleck. The only person we are identifying with is the Joker But character. he's a mass murderer. Or exactly. Well, he becomes or, yeah. some... He. I mean, it is like Taxi Driver where someone just needs to lash out on society violently for right. all the things he's seeing out there. Right. Whereas in this particular situation, he is victimized. Right. So it's his justification, you know, like there's yeah. a lot of justification for what yeah. he does. And it's fucking scary when you think about... Okay. When you think about... 
you know, the, the people you hear from online who mm-hmm. obsess over this stuff, the mm-hmm. people who like, who uh, hated the idea of Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and go online. Mm-hmm. And like, and you, when you think of all of those audiences who will obviously idol- idolize someone like the Joker, that this movie almost gives them like just like, you know, like totally be like, I, we understand you. Because that's how I felt. I felt like this movie's telling me we yeah. understand your anger. We understand how why you hate right. the rich and why you hate why right. you hate being rejected and yeah. why you hate being bullied. Um, and I mean, not that I don't want to sympathize with people who are bullied. Okay. But this movie lists put, puts everything together. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it gives it, it, without really giving us a way to analyze it and say anything deeper about it. Besides, we understand you okay, and why so, you act out like this. So. This film won the Golden Lion At in Venice. Venice. Yes. And as you mentioned earlier, Joaquin Phoenix's performance is, you know, Absolutely extraordinary. Great. So he's probably a front runner for Oscars. Exactly. And I want. Uh, hustlers to be in the awards conversation. Which I would absolutely... Great. Uh, yeah. And I would like Jennifer Lopez to be in the awards conversation. Right. I think that we... Um, it's a given now for Joaquin Phoenix. He's going to be nominated, no doubt. Oh, I mean, and the thing is, it's not like he doesn't deserve it. This performance right. is incredible. But yeah. why... Here's my... Why? The bone I want to pick. Yeah. Is I get it. I haven't seen it, but I believe you. I believe people... Yeah. He's amazing. Why is he... Why is it like he's a shoe-in and J-Lo, people are still like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to, uh, for the record, I, I was... Did we say this on no. this version of the no, recording? So didn't. in the previous version, yeah. when I didn't hit record, we were talking about how J, you, you feel that J-Lo's performance is incredible and great. And, and I don't disagree with you. I think it is a great performance. Yeah. You also said that J-Lo's a great actress and that's where I wanted to pull back a little sure. just because I don't see and I and I I'm explaining that I just typically I'm wary of assigning saying someone is a great actor mm-hmm. until uh, until I see them do a lot of versatile roles and I haven't seen a lot of versatility in JLo I see her being able to imbue herself and really commit to a certain performances right but I don't see the kind of the the versatility that now we could use Joaquin Phoenix as an example where you could have him play a villain like in Gladiator like, which is totally dominant stuff. But and here's where I'm going to challenge you. Right, okay. Is I think that Joaquin Phoenix uh, and actors like Joaquin Phoenix and Leonardo DiCaprio... I don't... I wouldn't... Couldn't, I wouldn't no, no. Okay. You, you wouldn't, but I would. Okay. Um, I feel like actors like that are constantly doing the same shit over and over again. Joaquin Phoenix, you just named Gladiator, like a fucked up kid, you know, didn't feel right. loved. Okay, bad example. And then he fucking, like... <laughs> Turned and then he turned into the com- commander, like whatever. And so, yeah, yeah. Fuck, just, the master, I... he's a weirdo. That, Her, oh. he's a weirdo. He's no, bad. no, no. He's no. always a weirdo. No, no. The master, first of all, I'm glad you mentioned the master, my favorite movie of the 21st century. I know, that's Don't why know I you know brought, that you brought it. it up. Um, and also, a much better movie that gets the same point across that Joker wants to, yeah, much more sure. in a much more complicated yeah. way. And yeah, thank you, Philip Seymour Hoffman, exactly. Um, right? and Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, yes. yeah, and yes. Paul Thomas Andrews, yeah. So, master, absolute greatness. Also, his follow-up to the master inherent vice nothing like the other roles he's a schlubby hipster who's just kind of like floating about trying to do good um like again and then you then you think of that awful little movie where he was a rapper the whole real life stunt and everything well here's the common thread between gladiator i think his name was lucius um yeah yeah, he was lucius or lucy whatever um gladiator uh the master Mm. Um, her, right. Um, 
the I don't know the inherent vice. Inherent vice. He's always an outsider. Right. Like to me, mm-hmm. and Joaquin Phoenix, the person, is an outsider. Like, this is not the guy who walks carpets and does photo shoots and whatever. Right. To me, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from his talent. I agree. I think he's fucking awesome. Yeah. My favorite Joaquin, move, Joaquin Phoenix movie is actually Gladiator as well. And mm. then second favorite would be Walk the Line. Okay. But um, again, not an outsider. Walk, walk the, line. the Line. Johnny Cash would say he's an outsider. Fine. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine. Sorry. So... But what I'm trying to say is for all of the criticism, and it's not, not I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the industry. Right. Like the pushback against J-Lo is they're going to say she's not stretching. And right. I'm going to say, well, fuck. Like when, like Leo and Joaquin, they're always playing outsiders. Right. Give me a Leo. Give me, like, I'd, be, I'd love for... That's why I think, you know, someone like Jake Gyllenhaal is so much more interesting mm. than Leonardo DiCaprio and even Joaquin Phoenix. Absolutely. Because Jake at least will take an outsider role and then he'll take, like, a popular boy role. Right, absolutely. Right? And same goes for Ryan Gosling a little bit. He's a pretentious as fuck. <laughs> but, you know, he was in Crazy Stupid Love playing the most insider dude right, and right. was awesome at it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's probably a little bit underrated for his performance in that comedy as the slick fucking bro yeah, who yeah. knows how to pick up women in the best way. And I, I'm just saying that, like, Joaquin's lane, this is still within the lane. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you showed me a film in which Joaquin actually took on an an, an insider, right, like right, a, right. A, a role Matt Damon would take right, and right. killed it and Matt Damon switched positions, I would actually be more excited. But, you know, oh, you're telling me he was great as Joker. Well, I'm like, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, Were well, you surprised? We have to go back. We have to go all the way back to when Joaquin was playing, was in gangster movies. To the yards, mm-hmm. and we own the night. His James Gray films, by the way, James Gray has a new movie yes. coming out this weekend at Astro. But yeah, um, but I hear your point. Yeah, I hear you, and I also I only wa- make it in ma- reference to J Lo. You understand? No, no, no exactly. In, yeah. in reference to J Lo, and I also want to make it clear that I am not arguing that J Lo doesn't deserve an Oscar nomination, especially yes. when you consider who the fuck has been nominated for Oscars in the Correct. past. J Lo can, can mop the floor yes. with a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I this is my own personal gauge yes. of who I'm willing to call great, and I wouldn't call Leo great. Leonardo DiCaprio, not at all. Ugh. I wouldn't. Well, Wolf of Wall Street was probably my favorite performance from him, and something he did recently. Oh yeah, the Tarantino. Uh, once upon a time. Once upon a time. In See, Hollywood. I I no. always I feel like all of that is that manic energy. Right. Is the same. You know. And I I could see right? that. I could totally see that. He manic can go energy. nuts. Yeah. He can go nuts. Exactly. And then he could be boy. Like, yeah. like yeah, 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 but um, so, but yeah, he's not like I mean I, I I and we can go on about Joaquin forever yeah. and why I feel like he's he's earned greatness, but uh, but again, J Lo yeah. as an Oscar contender, absolutely. Yeah, I know you wouldn't fight it, yeah. but you know the establishment I know the establishment will have like yeah. especially because she's Jenny from the block and yes. and I have my own beef with her being Jenny from the block because she stole her beat from the beat nuts and didn't <laughs> like really give proper due for that and all Fine. that. Fine. But, um, no, you know, but speaking of this, then I want to shift it over to Michael B. Jordan. Okay. 
just murder. Because uh, I was having an, I'm not gonna, like a conversation with someone about whether Michael B. Jordan is actually a great actor or mm-hmm. whether he's also someone that stays in yeah. his lane. And the movie in question is, of course, Just Mercy, mm-hmm. which you had a reaction to. I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did. You know what? I, you know, we. I said this because you know we're doing this because we found we had a certain chemistry on CTV's Your Morning. Yes. Because we do the Oscar and Golden Globe nominations mm. every year, and and we talk in the makeup chair. We do. And <laughs> what was? And the hosts always say that we can't stop talking, and that for us, I'm usually the negative, mm. but you bring out in me the positive, right? With your criticisms, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm usually the snarky bitch. Yeah. And oh, so, did I take away your role? Like, you wanted to step away <laughs> no, from this? No, but this is great. Like, right. I love that. Yeah. So you weren't feeling MBJ much in Just Mercy. I wasn't feeling Just Mercy as a whole. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, I mean, because you, well, let's talk about your reaction first. Like, I you, sobbed. You sobbed. And I sobbed. Everyone and I'm not a me. crier. Oh, you're not? Never. Okay. Interesting. There are people who've known me for 15 years who've never seen me cry. Right. So I I really had a reaction to the film, specifically oh. two scenes. Right, we should say okay. So the movie is about a real life lawyer, Brian um, Stevenson. Brian Stevenson, mm-hmm. uh, a black lawyer who went to Montgomery, Alabama, uh, which is the home of Harper Lee, who a wrote to kill. Descendant of Rosa Parks. What? Yeah. Who? Brian Stevenson. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he's a Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Who goes to Montgomery, which is where Harper Lee was born, and there's a yes. running joke that To Kill a Mock Harper Lee wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, and yes. he's up in neck deep in a okay. trial that is much very much Correct. like To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. He's defending a man named Walter McMillan who was uh falsely accused mm-hmm. uh, falsely he's on death row for murdering, raping and murdering a white woman. Yes. Um one of the reasons why people decided to frame him, and it's yeah. very obvious from the get go that he was framed, mm-hmm. uh, is because he has had a previous illicit affair with a white woman. Yes. Uh and that's uh, that just kinda put the noose around his neck right then and there. Uh, and that's what this so this movie is about Brian Stevenson's fight to clear mm-hmm. Walter Mill- McMillan's name, yes. but also uh, about his project, which is called the Equal Initiative, yes. Equal Justice Initiative. It's yes. about the roots of that, where he fights for all sorts of pe- black people who did Correct. not get equal yes. justice. And I should clarify when I say a descendant of Rosa Parks, he had an encounter with Rosa Parks, and there, like he 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 had. I mean, I have to deep dive into this a little bit more, but Brian Stevenson is. Um, had met her at one point. Okay, 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 okay. Got it. I don't mean a blood. <laughs> right, 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 but right. Like a spiritual, but someone like a spiritual yeah, yeah, okay. desa- that, right? An activist. Um, so yes, this story. So of course, like this is a typical or it's a conventional courtroom drama. Absolutely. So I'm not going to like we're not breaking new ground here mm. in terms of filmmaking. No. So there's nothing fresh here um, in terms of the art form. Right. Agree. And in terms of the storytelling. I think we both agree with right, that, right? Yeah. Um, having said that, I think that what did feel fresh for me personally was two scenes. There's a scene at the midway point-ish of the film where um, an inmate on death row, it's his night to die. Right. And I don't want to spoil it, but that night, the scene of how that night unfolds, wrecked me right and i with absolute good reason i mean it takes a while they take their time with that yes yeah and when the you'll know the moment i'm talking about everybody when you see it that wrecked me because i think that was fresh that Mm -hmm. was a new way of interpreting um 
how that went down. I think there's an intimacy to that scene, yes. and also like a, like about patience and like yes. just enjoy like like living in that intimate moment mm-hmm. and having every sort of encounter yes. between Michael B. Jordan's lawyer yes. and him, and just him and his barber and him right. and his meal and his song yeah. and everything. Uh, all the entire process of living in that, I think, justifies the sobs. Of yes, that scene. exactly. Even though it, if it, it didn't quite get me there, but that is definitely the right. scene that got me the closest. Listen, if we're going to be doing comparison with these kinds of films, right. then Dead Men Walking is in the family, right? Right. Yeah. And I can tell you that nothing that happened in Dead Man Walking, Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon, right, right. affected me the way that scene affected me. Right. So within the genre, let's yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I thought that that was really well done. Yeah. And then at the end, we are given some facts and some real-life footage of the people that they're portraying in the film. Um, That wrecked me, too. Right. And not necessarily the scene, but the weight of the whole story and the reality of it. That some people spend 30 30 years behind bars for... Nothing. Exactly. It's literally nothing. And this is why I'm so nervous about saying that I did not feel anything for this movie. Yeah. Because it's like, well, yeah, I mean, these are causes I'm totally behind. Mm-hmm. These are tragedies that I don't want to feel like I'm minimizing in any way. These yeah. are injustices that I don't want to be like, well, I don't care. No, like yeah. I don't want to be like that, right? Um, and no, the, those scenes you're talking about definitely came yeah. the closest. I think the reason I didn't feel as much is because I it's, it, it is a whole package deal. I wasn't yeah. as engaged with the film uh, to begin with. And so that, that scene did a lot of work to get mm-hmm. almost get me there, but it didn't quite get me there. And my big issue with the film as a whole, it, it, it is partly the familiarity of it because mm-hmm. it didn't quite break any new ground like from, say, even A Time to Kill, no. which was made by a white filmmaker. Yeah. The Green Mile, which was made by a white filmmaker. Yeah. Um, that's... The Daniel Dustin Creighton or Den- Dustin Daniel Creighton isn't white, but he's also not black. He's, yeah. uh, oh, I think my Hawaiian, Asian, Asian? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think, and look, like, there's so many reasons why I wanted to enjoy, admire, and love this movie mm-hmm. in terms of how it's made, in terms of the initiatives yeah. Michael B. Jordan, in terms of the passion he brings to it. But at the same time, this is very much an authorized, like Brian Stevenson biopic. Mm-hmm. It is a movie that paints him very saintly yeah and that's what i I, that is where you lose me when you make your characters saintly and you're almost mounting a case for your characters yeah uh where they have to be totally unimpeachable Mm -hmm. then i don't buy them as humans and that was i think a huge thing for me i think even just ideologically i don't think we should be playing that game Mm -hmm. like uh when you think about how the uh, like the the detail that like the reason why they framed walter mcmillan who's played by jamie fox absolutely incredible performance by jamie fox by the way incredible yeah um, we they they definitely play down the details of his affair because they don't want us to dwell on that too yes. much. Um, they just want they really hammer yeah. home how innocent he is. Yes. But I, I I want you to dwell on the flaws. I want you to dwell on the flaws of that character. I want you to dwell on the flaws of the Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. lawyer character because I I want that Michael B. Jordan character to not be sexless. Like mm-hmm. why does this guy have to be a total saint where he has a donnis body but there's yeah. no sexual interest right. in him whatsoever? Yeah. Whereas Matthew McConaughey has like affairs and a time to kill right. and such. I don't want you know. And I I think it's also dangerous to go that way because what you're doing is you're making these people digestible to a certain audience mm-hmm. uh, that certain audience that can look at these absolutely perfect black men who are totally innocent and be on their side but then turn around and call Trayvon Martin a gangster yeah you know you don't need to make them unimpeachable yeah. in order for us to agree that they are innocent and shouldn't you know deserve justice you know that's a great point yeah and I and it was a problem I had with even with Michael B. Jordan's performance in Fruitvale Station 
Remember the seed in Fruitvale Station where he pours the weed out in the ocean? Yeah, yeah. Why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. I don't care if you want to get out the game. You don't throw a, weed, a bag of weed into the ocean. But it was just to make mm-hmm. sure white people mm-hmm. don't condemn this character. Yeah. He did not deserve to be shot no matter yeah. what. But in order... I'm sorry, I'm generalizing white people yeah. here. But these are concessions we yeah. make. And we shouldn't make those concessions because they should be innocent. We should feel for them right. regardless. Um, and also, I just love, uh, so that's one issue I mm-hmm. had with the film, but it's also just, I want to see Michael B. Jordan get angry. I want Killmonger. Yeah. You know, like, if, if if I was to be convinced that Michael B. Jordan's a great actor, it's because of how he brought me to tears in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. The Killmonger performance yes. brought, almost brought me to tears. And then this, there's the whole question of, is he a great actor if he can't yeah. really do it for me here? I, you know, and I, I would I would use that argument and turn it, around and tell you that I think that that's versatility. Mm-hmm. I think that he can imbue Killmonger with urgency and intensity and like rage. Right. And then and but dignified rage. Dignified rage. Absolutely. And and also at the same time and I don't know if this is like I hope I can say this but but all this be really cool. Mm-hmm. Like that that was what was so great about the Killmonger character right. and um, and, and, uh, Ryan, uh, Kugler, Kugler's like whole vision for it is that this is the most multifaceted, um, Marvel villain Mm -hmm. because you had someone who was, did despicable things and believed in a despicable, um, like had a despicable vision, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't help but sympathize with his rage and also, you couldn't help but want to be him a little bit. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. Like, he was, he looked great. Everything <laughs> he did, he looked great. Yeah, 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 In the first scene in the fucking museum, and yeah. he's wearing, like, his cool clothes, and his hair is amazing, and glasses, and then he makes out with the girl in the ambulance. He looks great in yeah. Black Panther, right? Absolutely. He's sexy. Like, all of that is what you're talking about. You color in a character. I've never seen someone look sexy when they pull their tongue out, yes, like their lip pull exactly. out their lip, like and show you the inside yes. of their gums. Like, all yeah, of that to yeah. me was intentional by Kugler because he was like, "Let me give you the most three dimensional, complicated villain where you want to fuck him, you want to kill him, and you want to marry him, right. and you want to put him on trial." Right, 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 right. Like all of that. So, and he was perfect. Yeah. And then he gives you this performance where he is. Passive. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, passive. There's if there's one thing I loved about this performance, it's the way he bites his lip. Mm-hmm. It's the way he has to control his rage, even when he's being strip searched. Um, because yes, definitely controlling his rage yes. and keeping it all in is part of the character. Yes. Uh, and what he has to do. Um, and Jordan does that brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, and he does also give a brilliant, dignified speech. Yes. The the. The what's it? The Atticus Finch speech yeah. at the end. He's very. I think there's um, there's there, there's a way he says uh, there's something. I, I, I you know I'm gonna leave that because I can't remember the actual wording. Right. But there's yeah. something in the finale of his speech where the whole speech feels very manufactured and very. I'm yeah. giving you a speech. Yeah. But then there's a vulnerability on the last note. I can't remember what the word is. But yeah. he just kind of drops the the theatricality yeah. of it and just goes vulnerable yes. and it's amazing. But, I yeah I. I, I I actually think that what he's to me I'm gonna I'm gonna show I'm gonna t- say to you that this film was his way of saying look at the other thing I can do right I can yeah. be Killmonger and then I can be this guy who is contained right um, and I will give you my comparison and unfortunately in Hollywood we don't have very many comparisons with 
people of color because mm. of the lack of opportunity. So my only option is to compare him to, to a white person. Oh, white person. Okay. Is I think Brad Pitt is actually a very underrated actor. Okay. I think Brad Pitt does quiet very well. Mm-hmm. Where a skill in acting is making sometimes other people look better and shine in a scene. Right. To me, MBJ's great gift and contribution to this film is he's pulling back to let Jamie Foxx go. Right. And I think that's a generosity that we don't see in a lot of actors, but I do think it's an underrated skill in acting Mm -hmm. that Brad Pitt has perfected and hopefully he'll be rewarded for it eventually. I'm not his biggest fan, but I will say that I think he is an underrated actor. No, that's that's a great comparison. Uh, and Absolutely I think that MBJ is slowly yeah. building to that uh, repertoire. Right. And so in 20 years, someone else is going to be in our place saying, you know what? He's a really great supporting actor. Like right. he lets other people shine. Brad Pitt lets be- What's that movie um, where Brad Pitt plays the hitman and he's got a great scene with James Gandolfini? Logan's... Uh, 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 killing Them killing Them. Skim- do you remember that film? I do. Oh, like I mean, sort of, yeah. So he... James Gandolfini and Brad Pitt have an amazing scene in that film, Killing Them Softly, yes. And Brad is the one who is like, my job here is just to pull the greatness out of Gandolfini. And that is a skill too. And I think that that is what MBJ, Michael B. Jordan, is doing in Just Mercy. That's, that's, I'm going to keep, we're now going to watch it all over again with that in mind. Because no, I mean, uh, Jamie Jamie Foxx does have the opportunity to absolutely shine in that movie. And and, then... She's yeah, the acrobat. And no, and Brad Pitt is a great example because nobody ever celebrates his performances in any of that stuff. But he's like he's, to, he's, I didn't yeah. love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, I'm very mixed on it. I yeah. in fact I was bored. Absolutely. That's why I'm mixed on it, yes. But I think the best part of that film is Brad Pitt. Making dog food. Like I love that scene. All Can of you that. believe like I mean a yeah. movie that is long and yeah. boring and but the way he makes yeah. dog food, yeah. I was like, I am so here for it. Yeah. Even the stillness of his body sometimes. Right. He's supposed to play a body double. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think it's uh, maybe it won't be missed, but it's missed by a lot of people how he uses his body as a body double. He's so I, anyway, I, yeah, I yeah. think that when if I would never rewatch this movie, sorry, everybody. I am but. absolutely planning on watching Once Upon a Time fine. just because I need to study the Brad Pitt performance and just Have those fun. little details. But I'm I don't not. expect to change my opinion on it. I, yeah, but I, watch I, his body. It's a slog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we should talk about some of our favorites. But okay. okay, but actually, we know before that, let's get into the People's Choice winner. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Jojo Rabbit, which is a great. Ind- it won the People's Choice Award, yep. which is a great indication that it is a movie to beat when we get into the Oscar race. Uh, have you seen it? Uh, yeah, now I have. Oh, now you have. Okay, yeah. so uh, what are your thoughts on that one? I, well, this is a cop-out answer, but I think I need to see it again. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't okay, think yeah. I'm smart enough. Or No. I don't think I, I don't think I. Did you not love it? Um, I don't, I don't think I loved it as much as, hmm. um, I'm losing my, because you are giving me so much scotch that I'm oh, losing sorry. my names. But, <laughs> Everybody, um, but I don't think I loved it as much as um, the uh, his previous film with Taika. Um, Taika's previous film, the Nether People, Never uh, the, the Wilder, Wilder, Wilder people. yeah, the yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People, yeah. yeah. I don't think I loved it as so. Listen, 
I think auteur directors are always having their work compared against their previous work. Do you right. think that's fair? Yes, absolutely. And because you are a PTA fan. Oh, fucking. Yeah. So you're always looking. Fan is an understatement. Right. Okay. Obsessed worshiper, whatever. Yeah. Right. So you are always like talking about PTA in relationship to his own work, Previous, right? Yeah. So I think Taika is also one of those directors. Yeah. And I love Wilder People so much that, of course, I'm always, when you're talking about a story about a little boy right. and having a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and it's not because this little boy's mentor or imaginary friend is Hitler. I just don't think it hit me as emotionally. It didn't fit, hit me emotionally right? at all. No, not at all. That yeah. scene, that scene that should hit me emotionally, and we and we won't mm-hmm, reveal it, mm-hmm, but there is mm-hmm, scene. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel nothing. Wasn't yeah. at all invested in it. Yeah. Um, I th- I mean it was cute. Like the the I mean I I know it's like weird to say that having a kid having a Hitler imaginary friend, as, uh, Hitler being their imaginary friend is cute is weird. They were mm-hmm. like uh, awful, yeah. but I mean no, it was it was a, it was a cute performance. Yeah. It was funny. Um, I think the way they build this movie as an anti-hate satire is totally off, and that's probably the marketing department because it's not really a satire. It is like not at all. It is really, it's not a movie that. He's barely in it. Well, he even if he's barely in it, yeah. that's not a satire. Yeah. It's not like give, it's not really like criticizing like Nazi ideology today. It's just telling you Nazis are reminding you that Nazis are bad. Yeah, this is why. And but remember that there's these good Germans in the middle of it. It's yeah. the same story about the Holocaust or about Nazi Germany that we've seen in so many movies mm-hmm. over and over again. This time, it just has Hitler as an imaginary mm-hmm. friend to a little child. Yeah, the movie doesn't do anything different from say life is beautiful somebody brought up life is beautiful as a great okay, example as yeah. a comparison it's not really venturing into new terrain yeah in that sense which is fine not every movie has to do something totally new i mean yeah. i think the imaginary yeah. friend thing is totally new but i think that gimmick only lasts and is fun yeah. and funny for a certain for a, it gets you so far yeah and the movie has nothing else after that i buy it I buy it as a, I would buy it more as a satire if the punch in my heart were stronger. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like in many ways, I see Wilder People as a satire. I see Ragnarok as a satire. Right, yeah. Like a satire about excess. Um, a satire about, and in it also in many ways, I think that his films or his the three films I just um, were talk I just cited yeah. are about identity, right? Like in Thor, Thor's figuring out who he I mean, wants yeah, to be. Exactly. In Wilder People, Ricky, I think Ricky. Yeah, I think so. Um, think is figuring out who he wants to be and and what he wants to. Hang on, Ricky. Well, his name is Ricky Baker. Yeah. 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 Okay. I knew. I've seen the film <laughs> yeah. so many times. Um, this is your, it's your scotch, right? (laughs) Anyway, so, um, Ricky is figuring out who he wants to be on the run. Yeah. Right? Like, it is a coming of age, any coming of age story is an identity story. Mm -hmm. And in this one, I just, I, I guess I just didn't feel like, um, that the, the identity piece with the sweetness was quite connecting for me. Mm. It's hard to listen. People are gonna have to see it. Yeah, you and I have seen it. We have a shorthand. We about should it. say that like it is about a child in a Hitler youth yeah. camp who is initially all subscribed to mm-hmm. Nazi ideology, and then he sees he finds out that his mom is hiding a yes. young girl, a young yes. Jewish girl, and his, and that warms his heart. Um, I don't think it's. But in, getting back to the satire thing, 
I don't think it's a satire when the movie right from the outset lets you know that, oh no, our ideology is on this side. We totally know that Nazis are bad from yeah. the get-go. Like, we know this. Uh, like, it's not like a movie that really even digs deep into what makes Nazi ideology Well, because, you know why? Because I don't think it from a, for a moment you believe that he is ever going to be a true Nazi. Exactly. So, like, yeah. it's so really calling it a satire. Yeah. It's, it's really just a feel-good Nazi-era right. coming-of-age story. Which is why the punch in the gut isn't there for me mm. because... There wasn't a turnaround. There's exactly. No, there, I was never worried that this kid was gonna be on, end up on the dark side. Absolutely, absolutely. That, whereas <laughs> exactly. I was actually worried about Ricky. Right. In many parts of, I was worried. I was like, well, f- what the fuck else is this kid gonna go through? And of yeah. course, he's gonna end up like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. So yeah. I, anyway, I think that having said that. Mm. Do I think JoJo is better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is being talked about as mm. a possible best picture contender? Mm. Fuck yes. Interesting. I think I, I'm... I mean, I didn't love Once Upon a Time either. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, like, I'd have to do a... I, I don't know if I have a... I don't know yeah. if I could choose between the two just now. Just yet. Yeah, okay. And I might lean more towards Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. Okay. Not because I necessarily liked it better but because I like grappling with it more. You okay. know what I mean? It's yeah. more complicated, more media. Yeah. I feel like there's more for me to do with it yeah. as opposed to JoJo is like mm-hmm. a dessert <laughs> that I'm done with kind of deal, well, you know? I Listen, I would like to come back, I hope, in December or right. whenever because then we can talk about nominations because there are definitely, fest- there are definitely uh, awards films that have not come out yet mm-hmm. that haven't played at festivals yet. Right. Like a couple of them that um, are gonna be, we're gonna be comparing and ranking uh, like with JoJo and with Once Upon a Time yeah. and Hustlers. P.S. Everybody, <laughs> um, and one of them is uh, 1917. What's that? 1917 is, and also like uh, we're gonna fight about The Irishman. Um, Scorsese's next oh, film. Why are we gonna? Fi- oh, because you have I'm a thing be against like, Sam. I'm bored. Oh, and... Sam Mendes movie. I didn't know there was a Sam Mendes movie. Exactly. In the mix. So okay. 19- everybody, listen. So I'm gonna say that this. Maybe people will be mad at me, but I understand that we should never forget war. Right, right. But we're kind and of bored it- of these movies. Dunkirk. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. look, and Sam so- Mendes is a director who I think is very talented. Sure. I don't think he's breaking new ground for me. So I, I mean, like, I, like I, I hate that we're putting our bias forward. I know. Like, <laughs> we're, we we're seeing the movie. Seen the yeah, yeah. But I, just, I just heard about it now. We're talking <laughs> about the race, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, we, this is like a precursor to the precursor of how right. the award season is shaping up after TIFF. Yeah, yeah. So after TIFF, a few films have emerged. Um, well, um, Jojo, Jojo has emerged because it won the People's Choice. Yeah. Once Upon a Time came out of the summer. Mm. Marriage Story, which are we getting to? Marriage Story. Have you seen it? Yes. Uh, I loved l- so many scenes in that movie. Mm-hmm. Don't know that I and I still overall like the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that it connects as a movie. I do think Marriage Story is maybe going to carry some momentum. Right. And it ha- played at TIFF. And then we're going to fucking have to talk about 1917 in December because, like, yeah, this is, this is what people are prognosticating. Right, it's right, our right. job to prognosticate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there might be, like, Little Women, for example, uh-huh. is, is going to play in New York at the film festival. So 
I just want to have a conversation about like where all these films are going to fit in. And if you're asking me right now, even though I haven't seen 1917 or Jojo is going to fit in, I'm probably going to say my personality, the lens through which I view the world is probably going to be more Jojo than 1917. Than but yeah. hold on. But Jojo's not your favorite movie of the festival. Fuck I mean, no. Hustlers so far sounds like it. Is there something we missed here? Yes. What? Knives Out. Fucking yes. <laughs> I, and I am totally with you with Knives Out. Yes. That was absolutely... Like, I mean... Uh, so, I mean, for those who don't know it, I mean, you should probably know it's pretty big. It's a pretty big deal. Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson directed it. It's a, a, essentially a game of Clue. Yeah. Uh, you know, Christopher Plummer plays an old man that gets dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daniel Craig shows up as a Southern detective. And I'm, I'm fucking loving Daniel Craig oh. showing up as Southern characters who seem dumb but are yes. actually brilliant. Have you seen yeah. uh, Logan Lucky? Yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, he's just having a time. I'm fucking loving him leaning into like campy, mm-hmm. like it's an over the top performance, which I think is also a very skilled performance. Absolutely. Well, especially because he then turns it around on you and be like, oh no, no, but I've been brilliant this whole time. Yeah. Because <laughs> these characters, it's just like, yeah. he, he can, he can ride that fine line where they look absolutely absurd and stupid and over the top. Yeah. But then they're actually brilliant. Totally. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so the, it's a, it's a game of clue. I think that's a movie that. Definitely surprised me from beginning to end, and I I was surprised mainly by how engaged, how funny, how mm-hmm. great every character was, mm-hmm. how I was just basically loving every minute of it, of yeah. it. even to the point where I didn't mind it's like kind of parallels to like I mean it was it had some very basic parallels to the Trump era yeah. and to today's like to our anger towards the rich. Yeah, it doesn't hammer those home. No, it's just those are just part of the details. Yeah, and it's part of the entertainment. Yeah, I mean it's a little critical, and that's great. You can believe you can be red state or blue state and enjoy the film Absolutely. i think and yeah. that is probably what everybody the magic formula that everybody's trying to find yeah. no. and he put it in an agatha christie spinoff or homage yeah, yeah exactly uh and, and, and i don't know are you a big ryan johnson fan before this so i love the last jedi okay interesting and i had positive feelings for looper right so those are the and I've seen three, I only know well, three right. Ryan Johnson films. Okay, Looper, okay. Last Jedi, and now Knives Out. Okay, okay. And I have a lot, I, I'm, I, and given the disparate, like, these are all different films. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, for me, because I know, I think I've, I've seen every Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah. Uh, I was never totally sold on Brick, even, which is the movie, like, which is another kind of whodunit movie. Yeah. Uh, the, like, uh, is that kind Joseph of a, Gordon-Levitt? Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. stars yeah. in, um, it's a modern day film noir, and I felt it was gimmicky. Mm-hmm. And I felt, uh, throughout Ryan Johnson's career, I felt there's a lot of gimmicky to his career. Right. Um, I did love Looper, or like, I liked Looper yeah. a lot. I was mixed on Last Jedi. I appreciated what Ryan Johnson brought to mm-hmm. it, but at the same time, I also felt that he couldn't bring enough to break it out of the Star mm-hmm. Wars formula, which I didn't care for. So, but basically, I've always had reserved praise for Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. This is the movie where I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, this is great!" Like, like I, ha- yeah. I am not holding back I on my it. love for this yeah. movie. Yeah, I absolutely enjoyed it. Not necessarily my favorite of the festival. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you absolutely loved? Um, or did you see it again? I. Uh, no, like I, to me, those, we've talked about the ones that I want to talk about. Right, right, Knives I Out, love. okay. Yeah. So, I mean, then I'm just going to add, like, Knives Out is great. Is there anything yeah. else you want to add on that? No. Nope. Uh, okay, so the only other movies that I absolutely loved, I mean, you've heard about Parasite. Yep. The kind of, it won the yeah. Bondor. It's a Korean yeah. film by, uh... Boon Jong ho Thank you for being able to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to IMDb that shit. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, so this is a guy who has, you know, yeah. made The Host and so many yeah. other movies, and this is 
like, I mean, I'll just be Isn't short. Isn't Poo Snowpiercer? Yes. Yeah. You made Snowpiercer. You made yeah. Okja. Yeah. Uh, before that, The Host, I think, was a major mm-hmm. movie uh, on North American side. Yeah. Um, and this Parasite might be his best. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. It's so much fun. It won the Palm Door. It won the Palm Door, which, but I mean, doesn't necessarily translate to fun, though. No. 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 Uh, this but, is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. Well, I mean. Have, we, have you seen it? It's, no, but oh. I know enough about. I don't know the, like, the big reveals and whatnot, but I know that it's a class study. It is. It's a movie about uh, a rich family letting in one person, one lower class person Mm -hmm. to be their child's tutor. Yeah. And all of a sudden they have an infestation of people from the lower class in their house and it is fucking hilarious. And yeah, it goes dark if you know his films. It it does do the thing with his films. If you know his films, they do last a beat too long. Yeah. That's that applies to this yeah. film as well, but again, like I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but it is an yeah. absolute lookout for it. that's opening in October. And the other one I really loved is the Adam Sandler movie, which I totally expected. Uncut to Gems. Uncut Gems is. You like, are you a Safdie Brothers fan? I am absolutely a Safdie Brothers so fan. So you, you love seen Good it? Time. Absolutely. Have yeah. you seen this? Good I time? have not seen Uncut Gems. I've seen Good Time. Oh, you've seen Good Time. Okay. So I listen. I think that the Safdie Brothers definitely are bringing like a certain gritty sensibility mm. to Hollywood that isn't there has been missing uh, yeah. like it's they're dirty yeah absolutely it's it's, it's gritty they dirty. live in New York City yeah they definitely you definitely but feel but not the, poser New York it doesn't no. feel like it's poser New York City posing as dirty no it no it feels really gritty yeah like an authentic grit in film if yeah. that even is possible it's I'm feeling like you not you didn't love Good Time I I I really liked Robert Pattinson's performance. Okay, in interesting. Good time. Okay, I thought he was. I thought that they brought out something in him mm. that I I didn't expect. Right. How about that? And I okay. think that it, in ten years, when Robert Pattinson is the new whoever, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Safdie brothers are gonna, should take some credit for it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean, I felt I'll, a little I'll... bit uncomfortable with um, in Good Time. I felt a little bit uncomfortable with. I did feel that it was um, one step too aggressive with shock value. Interesting. Okay. Uh, How and about so, that? I mean, okay. That, that's great. I, 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 I kind of love this because, okay, now, did you notice the, what they were doing with race? In yes. Good time. Yes. Yeah, like how basically this guy is getting away with everything by yes. pinning it on black people. Yes. <laughs> so like, and all yes. the horrific things. The yes. shock value was what yes. was done to black people in that movie. Yes. Yeah. But I, I don't think that it was. How do I say it? I just don't think it was that subtle. No. No. Absolutely. I mean, the very the beginning of the movie, they come in with the most and, gaudy black. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm like. Yeah. You know, <laughs> okay, yeah, it's so. the, it's the spectrum equivalent of you saying about Just Mercy, this is how we tie it all together as culture critics, of saying, um, a, a black person has to be so perfect in order for a white person to get it. Mm. It's almost like, hey, the racism has to be so obvious in order for the white person to get it. Right, right, right. right? Yeah. It's the same tool. I, just, I wonder if it's that subtle. I mean, or that not... Like, I mean, I wonder how many other people did actually notice that on the first viewing of that film. Like, Well, not many people saw yeah, the film. This is a crime thriller. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah. I do think that if you forced 
a theater full of white people who wouldn't have seen the movie and were going to see Little Mermaid instead. They would right. have gotten it. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that they didn't go see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. What's well, I mean, because you have so far shown not a lot of love for Martin Scorsese. And it's funny because for me, the Safdie brothers are like the heirs apparent to Scorsese. Like these are the guys that I think have picked up the mantle for you what Scorsese so? was doing. Yeah, like to have like these gritty electric crime thrillers. I mean, their first movie was about drug addicts, Heavenly Heaven yeah. Um but like still just having these street level movies like mean like the That's way Scorsese like the had Mean Street. That's I would make. That is like the and I'm not the only one to make it, but that's like um That's that not is how I see it. Interesting. Uh but I mean so Uncut Gems is okay. like definitely they're no they're they're the type of movies they make are different from Scorsese mm-hmm. because Scorsese doesn't typically do these like in the way the, that Good Time is this thriller about a guy who, yeah. where a night just goes out of control. Right. Uncut Gems is Adam Sandler playing a jeweler who yes. places bets all over the place and yes. everything just goes out of control. Um, I don't I think. I didn't know about that comparison. It, but style wise, like a, to me, yeah, the Safdie brothers are much the much much smarter smarter <laughs> what are your version thinking? of Guy Ritchie. Ooh, that's another... If Guy but, Ritchie had actually some yeah. racial cla- and class awareness... Right, right. It would be the Safdie Brothers. That's that's another really good comparison. That's but, I mean, I'm I think going. that's why... I mean, I think they have more Scorsese intellect to it. So maybe they're, like, right there in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, Guy Ritchie-type movies, but with a Scorsese critical eye, which is what I believe. Right. <laughs> you don't quite see it that way. No, I... <laughs> Because here's where I think that, because you know, I of course I'm a fan of Scorsese. Like, right. you can't, whatever, <laughs> Scorsese. Do we, we don't have to be. Well, <laughs> like, people could, like, bring well, some shit up. Listen, like, I we talked about Goodfellas and Wolf of Wall Street. Those are not... And Taxi Driver. And Taxi Driver. I, I think it's clear that Taxi Driver is my preferred Scorsese mm-hmm. film over Goodfellas and... Um, Wolf of Wall Street. Interesting, because there's a female perspective. And and then I'm going to add, give you one more. If I'm going to go like rank Scorsese films, for me, it's probably going to be Taxi Driver on Wednesdays and Casino on Thursdays. Really? Sharon Stone. Yeah, I, I'm seeing that, but yeah. Right? Like yeah. lenses, yeah, filters, yeah. who you relate to and identify with. In Sharon Stone, I see so much of my mother. You know, and I see a woman who's, you know, he, I wish there were like a little bit of tweaking about her, but wow, what yeah, a yeah. character. Don't oh, you no, think? No, she, oh no, she's like one of the, I mean, if I was to compare say Casino and Goodfellas, well, what about the wife and Goodfellas? Lorraine Brown. Uh, yeah. Karen? Yeah. Um, what I didn't. Well, she's not, I mean, she's kind of in the I, background. Karen's the best part of Goodfellas for me. Right. But she is kind of like the only, the moral. Yeah. Yeah. Karen's the best part of Goodfellas for yeah. me. So for sure, I just, I think that in Goodfellas you have fucking Jimmy and Tommy and Henry and Polly, like, and Karen and like, then his side piece, the yeah, drug yeah, yeah. girl, like whatever. There's so much. Yeah. Whereas in Casino, you just have De Niro and like crazy fucking Joe Pesci as usual and you have Sharon right right and so she there's more weight to it I think interesting right and anyway to go back to my thing is I don't I think that it's to me because I don't love Scorsese as much as you do it's a disservice to compare the Safdie brothers to, to Scorsese if it were me I would compare him to like 
Ava. DuVernay. Uh, them, the, him. Them to them, Ava to DuVernay. Okay. I think that they have the potential to go somewhere. Wow. I mean, like and Ava. I don't. I don't think Ava is that strong a storyteller. I mean, oh a God. filmmaker, a filmmaker. That strong a filmmaker. But I, you love I hate to see when it. they see. I do. I absolutely love. Yeah. I mean, by the and way, comparison 13. to Just Mercy. And you love Thirteenth. I love and I and I dug Selma too. No, yeah. I, I think I didn't Ava. Love Selma. I didn't love it. I don't filmmaking. This is where this is the difference between filmmaker mm-hmm. and storyteller. I am passionate. I love Ava as a person who is telling stories in this industry and who's telling important stories in this industry yeah. and who can deliver when it yeah. counts. But I love Scorsese as a filmmaking bible, and I love the mm. Safdie brothers as people who are absolutely in control of form and technique and okay. everything and passion stories. Which is, I mean, and then the ultimate of that is Paul Thomas Anderson. So I wouldn't put Ava in that. In a film, in like in my film nerd, exactly. In the people who can wield the craft and the emotions all together and just wield it. I I wouldn't put her, and I wouldn't put a lot of people, by the way, in In, that. Like, don't like, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, don't like think like Ava is the only, like, there's so many male filmmakers and whatnot that I wouldn't put in that level. See, I'm talking about storytelling. Yeah, storytelling as a storyteller, Ava Ava does right by stories. Ava tells the the right stories. Brothers have. Yeah. The potential to to tell a story right, right it, with a little bit more experience. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're good. To, that's why I'm not like good time to me is you just need to pull back a little bit. <laughs> but again, in five years, they're gonna they're gonna direct an Oscar winning film because their storytelling is so? gonna get that much better. Yeah, think about how long it took Scorsese to win an Oscar, and Paul Thomas Anderson never has. I think it's different. I yeah. think it's different. Um, a, a different time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like. Well, if you see Uncut Gems, these guys are not trying to win an Oscar. I'm just telling you, this was my favorite movie at TIFF. They're not trying to win an Oscar with it. But are we good? <laughs> what, do you think? I, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, Brad, I could go on and on. I, I know. Think that that's our point. <laughs> we it's... want dinner now, but our point <laughs> is, uh, we had our favorites. Knives Out is the mutual consensus, the consensus favorite yeah. right now? Or, Knives Out is Oh, the... no, but your personal favorite would be? My personal favorite... I... You're passionate about Hustlers. There's I'm like a, about, okay. How about this? We need to extend this. Let's take another five minutes. Okay. My, I think that um, Knives Out is gonna have like I really enjoyed Knives Out so much, mm. but I'm not gonna say Knives Out because I think Knives Out is gonna have an easy road. People mm. are gonna be like Ryan Johnson and this cast and this story is so smart. I think that Hustlers for our thesis, which is award season and mm. how it's shaping up, is going to have a tougher road based on people's the establishment right. and people's perspective. So I have to say, I have to get give my, whatever it's worth, my endorsement to Hustlers mm. because I don't understand how Hustlers is still a question mark. Right. And out of TIFF 2019 and out of TIFF 2018... Fucking a star is born comes roaring out <laughs> yeah, yeah. like a front runner, right? Ooh, we've, we, you know what? How okay. do we do yeah, that, no, right? There, yeah, yeah how is it that a star is born comes out of TIFF? We were both there. We both, you came out of it, and you're like, ah, oh, and I liked it even better than you, right? 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 I was like, yeah, solid seven, and <laughs> like, you were like, well, Lainey, I, whatever. Yeah. And yet it goes went all the way to the Oscars, right. whereas Hustlers. That has something actually deeper to say about society mm. and gender and class yeah. and power. 
people are like, yeah, but I don't know. Right, right. That is what makes me angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And look, I, I'm going to double down on that argument because, I mean, like, um, one of, like, this is now getting away from movies. One of my favorite shows of the last few years was The Deuce. Not the third season, first and second season. Yeah. And I feel like that was absolutely shut out because no one can handle a story about female sex workers. Sure. And that griminess. And I yeah. feel like that could affect Hustlers. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, I would actually just on that level want to support Whoa. Hustlers more. We did forget one other major Oscar contender that came out of TIFF. Uh, you probably didn't see it. Waves. Mm. Yeah. The... Do you think it's a major Oscar contender? Absolutely. I'm seeing the Roma effect. Now, I don't know if you remember, I didn't like Roma. Yeah, I'm, I, I want to believe it has the... Listen, like, fucking, let's, if we're using A Star Is Born as our goddamn benchmark, then right. Waves should go, right? What do you mean? If we're using A Star Is Born as our benchmark for what travels through award season and makes it to the Dolby. Right. Then Waves, even though you didn't love it, mm. was fucking better than A Star Is Born. Oh, for sure. It oh. should go. The, oh, yeah, 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 no. <laughs> but, but I'm not convinced, to me, Waves is going to have... Um, a Waves is like the Florida Project. I think Waves is going to have a much bigger awards campaign and push okay. and support than Florida I hope Project. So. Yeah, it's I gonna, hope so. it's they're going to treat it like Moonlight. But they are of the same, uh, like you know, yeah. in Hollywood, in our business, yeah. we don't personally, but in our business, we're talking about boxes and categorizations, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's how they pitch things. Yeah, yeah. So th- a story like Waves is going to be pitched to financers. And to award strategists as Florida Project and Moonlight. I'm thinking Roma. That's it. that's why I say this year's Roma. It's um, the movie with and with filmmaking craft, uh, with a certain class of characters. My problems with it is similar to the problems I had with Roma in terms of wh- whose perspective is like telling the story and how that affects the way the story is told. Yeah. That's my problem with Waves. But I'm telling you by strategy, strategy Roma wise, had Alfonso Cuaron as a name, right. as an auteur director. And Schultz is not there yet. No. No. I mean, Schultz on the indie side has a name because sure. of It Comes at Night and Krisha. But Cuaron already had Gravity. Gravity, Cuaron had Gravity. Yeah, so, had Oscar. And gravity. whatever. So yeah. I, I understand mm. from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, I'm thinking of the, the, the type of movie it is. Correct. Yeah. I'm telling you, but I'm talking about strategy and campaign. Right, and right, right. Like, um, promotional marketing right. and all of that. Because the Florida Project died. It died. Tip. It came out, out strong out of, out of here. Yeah. And Drake and, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it died and that is my fear for Waves because yeah. you don't have a Quaron who is an existing, respected, right. like, Quaron, like everybody knows, Quaron, Inaritu, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Del Toro, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think my, the reason I would compare it to say something like Roma is because the way white critics are juicing all over it. Yes. Um, like, is like the main argument as to what, and I think the difference between that and Florida Project, Florida Project might have a similar issue with what Hustlers and the Deuce had is that mm-hmm. it's about people who are definitely on the lower rungs mm-hmm. and a topic that people don't want to touch. Whereas Waves is about a middle class black family. In fact, yeah. the upper class. So sure. it's more of a like accessible, yeah. not as grimy. It's like the Huxtables, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Mm. But I, listen, I hope Waves carries, like, you know, flows all the way. I just worry that, um, again, it doesn't have, like, an, a marquee name to attach to it. Right. Sterling K. Brown, amazing, yeah. but 
I, I honestly also don't think that he's... He, like, a Quran is... Think about the DGA. No, this, is, this is important. Like, because like, when you want to get voters to come watch your movie, yeah. Quran draws those voters to exactly. see the movie, and exactly. a Q&A with these other people doesn't necessarily draw... Exactly. This is not we're getting into the, the way the, the business of it works. Exactly. You want to get voters to see your movie, mm-hmm. you have a Q&A, who are they going to come out and see yeah. you show up for? Yeah. And Sterling K. Brown is not Alfonso Quran, who right. is going to bring the DGA out. He's going to bring the PGA out. Right. And so I, I, that is the difference here is, yeah. is what I'm saying. I, that's why I think Waves is more of a Florida project. And also, like, A24 didn't have Netflix money. Netflix has money. <laughs> what they want to spend on an Oscar campaign. Have you noticed that? Did you yep. deal with that? Like, and they're putting it behind, they're going to put it behind Marriage Story and they're right. going to put it behind Scorsese's Irishman. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, listen, I, there are a lot of films you and I both still have to see, but I yeah. do think... I like this year. I think it's a strong year. Yeah. Stronger it's, it's, it's than last year. It's definitely fascinating. And I'm fucking, at least there's something like Knives Out just to have fun with. That's, I just want, I just like yeah. the fact that there's something that I yeah. just had fun that with. That also has something to say. Exactly. Yeah. With these classic, what did you think of Lakeith Stanfield, who I think we both love? Yeah. In Knives Out? Did I don't, it need to be him? Didn't, I don't think it needed to be him. Because yeah. that's, he's like a doorstopper in that movie. But it was an interesting choice for he him was, to take. I mean, he was like, I mean, he has a personality yeah. that is imbued in very tiny characters. Yeah. It's funny, he's also in Uncut Gems, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just to yes. plug that. But, uh, I don't, but he, at the same time, I think that role is really limiting. It doesn't give him enough to do. I agree. And that's why I, I, don't, I think Lakeith Stanfield didn't have to be in that. And I, to me, I think his decision, which is really interesting, is let me be in this movie with all these big names mm. and let me kind of show that I don't have to dominate every scene because he's the kind of actor who can take over a scene. Yeah. You know what, what I'm thinking about is I think there's a, a, an almost inside joke in just that it's him. Yeah. It's just in like, like what are these fucking white people problems? Yeah. Like, you know, like, and then like yes. we're playing a fucking game of Clue that this yes. guy's obsessed with. I think there is a like a comic, just the, the casting itself, yeah. not the performance and I, yeah. I'm sure he's aware of it. And he plays into That's it. really interesting because, again, you, that's a really interesting take. So I want, when I see the film in theaters, I'm going to take that piece of feedback and I'm going to say, is Lakeith Stanfield intentionally looking bored right. in this film by white people and their problems? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay, I guess until Oscar season this. continues when the uh, next meetup. Yes. Another month? Uh, yeah. What is it? September? Yeah. <laughs> we'll fight over something else. All right. Month. Thank you all for listening. That's I don't even know how to wrap things up. You want to say, do you have a Laney wrap up? No. No. Thanks, Rod. Next time. Go visit www.doc.com.